From the Ron McKeefery Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In this episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, Coach V talks to us about how to integrate your expertise and experience to an already successful program, what it's like to get back to coaching after taking an extended break, and why it's so important to find the right fit when you're looking for a new place of employment. All this on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Team Builder is the premier strength and conditioning app for teams and private facilities. Used by more than 2,500 organizations around the world, performance coaches can write training programs online for athletes to access on their mobile app or on tablets in the weight room. You can even print individualized workout cards of your programs directly from their systems. Right now, when you start a 14-day trial, use promo code CHALK, that is promo code C-H-A-L-K, to access more than 70 strength and conditioning programs directly in your Team Builder account, including four sports science questionnaire templates. Today, coaches from around the country use Team Builder's built-in questionnaire module to create COVID-19 pre-screening questionnaires sent to athletes daily. We've been using Team Builder at MSU Denver for several years now and cannot recommend them enough. Hewitt and his staff go above and beyond to help create an outstanding user experience for all the teams they work with. I have yet to run into a type of periodization or programming format that the staff at Team Builder cannot tackle and create. From asking around, it is clear more college and high school strength coaches use Team Builder more than any other training program available. Go to teambuilder.com and check them out. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Today, I am joined by Coach Marissa Davis, affectionately known as Coach B. She is currently a sports performance coach for women's soccer at Georgetown University. Previously, she worked at play, and you saw her everywhere on, on coaches in quarantine and everything going good over there at play. And she's also had stop at Rutgers and Stony Brook. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Absolutely. Could you tell us a little bit about your new role at Georgetown? Um, yeah. So basically this position, um, it started off where, you know, it's women's soccer only. I might have a men's golf or a men's tennis. Um, but obviously we are now officially three days into preseason. It's our fourth day um, as a program together. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's everything. It's everything when you just have one team, right? So it's everything from, you know, the well-being of the student athletes, making sure, you know, we're tracking that they're sleeping well, they're feeling good with their RP scores on a day-to-day basis. Um, we're starting, uh, it's the first time they're going to be, uh, doing wearable technology. Uh, so we're, we have the exports, we're doing that. I do every, uh, warm up and cool down for every single session. So I'm out on the field with them a little bit of nostalgia, um, and excitement at the same time, you know, I get jacked up when they do big things in practice. So, uh, it's a little bit of everything in between. And then obviously just kind of connecting with the team and getting to know the, the women that I'm working with, uh, and making sure that I'm in a great spot to serve and elevate the program. 
That's awesome, man. What what is it like getting back into coaching? Because I know you kind of at, at play, you weren't fully removed. Like you are very much an advocate for the profession, but it's you know different being back in in the mix of it. So what what was it like going back to coaching? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I don't know who was more exciting and nervous, me or the freshman coming in. Uh, you know, at the first meeting, I admitted that uh, that I was super excited. I did not admit that I was nervous, but let's be real. I mean, nerves only mean that you care um, and we're all human. So I always kind of preach that, like, listen, your emotions, you're entitled to your emotions. Like they're, you know, they just prove that you're human. And I had, I was very jacked up. My adrenaline was through the roof. Uh, so just being there for the first meetings and getting to know everybody on campus, obviously not every everybody's back. So it's just, I mean, any coach will agree with me when they start a new position. It's like drinking from a fire hose and that fire hose still has a steady stream right now. And so uh, the combination of onboarding and off, we're off campus for preseason right now. So just that little bit of a different commute, obviously I have my son to drop off at daycare. So that's a new, you know, a new part, a new, uh, new, new unexplored area of my life with coaching. But I mean, it's really great, uh, you know, getting nervous, uh, making sure that I, you know, have that perfect warm up and making sure that I'm looking back into my files. Like, what have I done in the past? Let me jog my memory kind of thing. And then, you know, once you start typing it out, it becomes second nature. And then, you know, just being out on the pitch, uh, it's, it's starting to come more and more natural. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I love this movement. We got to add this in and stuff like that. So I went in with definitely a blank canvas, but with some thoughts and a vision in mind. And I've just kind of been building that day to day, obviously having one team and being at every single practice, I'm able to, you know, see the trends of the team, you know, what are the major muscle groups that, you know, as a whole, the team is experienced that are very sore. Like let's hit those multiple times in a warm up, on cool down, stuff like that. So, um, overall it's been, it's been honestly amazing. I've had a, a couple of colleagues reach out to me, like, how's it been? Like, we're so jacked for you, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, it, it definitely, I've experienced a little bit of nostalgia, um, because as you know, I was a soccer player as well. So, um, especially when I watch the goalkeepers and they make big saves or they're being super vocal and really controlling the defense. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I forgot how excited I get about. Um, so that's been super cool as well. Now that, that that's awesome. And could you talk a little bit too? Cause I know there, and you saw it definitely in, in coaches in quarantine, just, uh, COVID there's a lot of just change in a lot of coaches lives and just different locations. And you know, myself in, included, like I've barely been at my new place for a month and, you know, it, it was a while since I was going through onboarding and meeting new coaches and meeting new players. And could you talk a little bit to all the coaches out there that changed? Like what was your, your checklist or your to do going somewhere new and, you know, being coach V. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the big thing is that, you know, as a seasoned coach, I have, I know what has been successful for me in the past and I'm coming in and I'm the new girl, 
you know, so I have to be careful about, you know, stepping on people's toes and being maybe too, let's call it passionate about getting certain things done. So just being reminded of like, okay, stay in your lane for now. Like it's all about like flying with the flock. And then once we start establishing, you know, a little bit of that new foundation, it's hard because I'm, I've joined a very successful program, you know, historically Georgetown women's soccer, you know, we've been, a, we've been very successful in the past. We've made it runs to the final four. We've been sweet 16 or higher, um, you know, quite a few times in the last 10 years. And so, um, I have to remember like they're a well-oiled machine to begin with. So it's like, how can I apply my expertise and my experience and maybe some small areas, do a couple small changes and then build on that next semester and then build on that the following semester and then build on that. So, um, but I think I've even, uh, I've had to hold myself back a little bit because I get a little too eager and it's just like, you know, I want to make these immediate changes. And I, sometimes I forget that, okay, there's policies to things, there's procedures to things. There are people that are overlooking certain areas and they've been doing this for a couple more years than me. And so it's, it's about, you know, making, sure that I'm understanding the bigger picture because I am just with one team. It's very easy to just get so tunnel visioned, but having, having have to like step back and be like, okay, how do we fit into the bigger picture of Georgetown athletics? And who are those other people that are assisting us along in our journey? Um, and making sure that I obviously get to know them. I know what role they play, uh, in the program, whether it be a sport administrator, whether it be marketing, whether it be, you know, athletic training, sports, med, nutrition, you know, stuff like that. So making sure that I'm, really understanding the big picture and seeing how everything fits together. Um, and, and obviously with my new role too. Yeah. I think that, I think that's awesome. And it's, it's good to hear, you know, because a lot of us, especially cause you said you're a seasoned, you've been there, you've seen it and it's not break down the door and impose your will. It's definitely like, look, you're, you're well-oiled. Let me see how I can help you out. And I think that's important for other coaches to know now, you left collegiate coaching to be, you know, to work with play and do everything with play. And it was what, four years. It was four and a half years, four and a, four and a half years. What was the biggest takeaway being on being in that side of the profession? Um, well, right away, um, you know, I always talk about how it was a push and pull in the same direction. I see it as more as an opportunity. I was able to expand my network tenfold and I was able to also travel the world, which is something that I didn't realize at first, like how cool it would be until I was in it. Um, and then once I was doing it as much as I was, I was like, okay, this is a little overrated, you know, but I mean, again, everything has its positives and negatives and I'm, if you know me, you know, I'm a very transparent person. So like, I'm always going to tell it like it is, but, um, you know, when I first joined the company, I was director of performance and I did a lot of the educational events. So we were domestic, but I think that my first summer we traveled to Canada and Ireland. So right out of the gate, like we were out of the States. I know Canada, like, oh, it's just right there, but it's still like a foreign country, <laughs> you know, like they still do things differently up there. So, um, that was a super cool experience, but you know, and, and honestly, my first event, um, with play was the NHSSCA and I believe it was their inaugural year. Um, I've never felt so much like a fish out of water in my life because I was like, wait a second, I'm a coach, but I'm not a coach anymore, but I'm at this high school event, but I'm a vendor, but like, I'm not a vendor. Like, I just felt like I was kind of like, 
you know, just kind of floating in between this, like these two different domains. And so it was really awkward at first. However, you know, once I got into the flow of things and I really understood like what I needed to do to, you know, help the, help the um, company really touch our industry, you know, it, it, it was a lot more enjoyable, um, you know, just seeing everybody back at like the CSCCA that year. And like I said, being able to travel out of the country twice and just the domestic events as well. Um, it was just really cool. And I have worn so many different hats, but the two biggest things, I mean, with networking and, you know, especially with the events, like we're getting some of the, the biggest names in the industry to come and speak at like our events and I get to hang out with them and I get to like talk with them and plan their travel and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, um, that was just super cool. And now like I have family overseas and I never thought that like, I legit have a family in Australia. Like I could always go to Australia and have like four or five different cities to go visit to see my family. And it's, and I think I never thought in a million years it would be like that. And it's kind of like that for England as well. Um, but it's just like super cool. That, uh, that That's awesome. And that was a, go- a pretty cool takeaway. Cause I know our whole industry watched you. I mean, we knew who you were at Rutgers. And then when you went to play, it definitely put everybody on notice. Like they were taking it seriously and trying to you know reach out because they got a, a power player with you and then uh, Coach McKeefrey. Now, you know, having you know been in the collegiate, you know, went and worked to play, and then back in the collegiate. What have you seen, or what are your thoughts on the the state of our industry today? Having watched it from the side and you know kind of helped out via a. a uh, a company and now made your way back into it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think when I was with play, it was all about like making those inner connections for other coaches. So they would obviously see where I would travel and where I was visiting. And you know me, I would post about everything from what they were doing on the technological side with teams to training side. And then I would be the person where they would reach out to. And I said, Hey, you know what, here's so-and-so's contact. And so when I was with play, I was kind of like the edge of the inside. And I was like that extra set of lens for people that maybe didn't, weren't as lucky as me to travel as much. And so I was able to connect a lot of people within the industry. And it was, I, I loved that because it gave me opportunity to give other people a better opportunity. Um, and so that was super cool. Um, but then now that I'm back in definitely over the four and a half years, I mean, it's pretty obvious, like technology has come such a long way and there's so many other different options. Um, uh, I think that was probably the biggest thing because back when I was at Rutgers, um, I think like my women's soccer team had wearable technology and women's lacrosse had it. I think my second and last year and my last year with them. Uh, so like you talk about two teams and I coached, I think almost nine teams when I was there and only two of the teams, like I guarantee you, if I went back, like probably half of those teams at minimum has wearable technology now. Um, so I think that was like a big, uh, that's been like the biggest change, but luckily I've been able to keep a pulse on that the entire time that it was at play. Um, I think that would probably be the biggest thing. And obviously as an industry, like facing COVID, I mean, our jobs, I mean, everybody's jobs got really hard, but like, I think a lot of people looked at strength coaches to be like, okay, what are you going to do with them? Because they can't do anything else, you know? And I think 
that put a lot of pressure on us. And like, it was kind of a sink or swim like situation. Um, and I think the majority of our industry rose to the occasion, but like, I know it was not easy. Um, you know, obviously my husband's, you know, right there with me. And I mean, I remember just trying to get care packages together for his guys. Um, it was hard because everybody was trying to do the same thing. Um, so that was like, that was super interesting. And you know, I'm, I'm just lucky that, like I said, I've had a pulse on everything since I've been technically out of collegiate, um, coaching. So. No, that, that's, that's, that's a very interesting take and you're absolutely right. We were forced to be like, well, go figure out something with, you know, workouts with no equipment or very minimal equipment. Yeah. I think it, it was a good opportunity. I guess the silver lining is, is we really challenged our programming. Like, all right, how creative can we be? Uh, so you and, you know, Coach V and Coach Davis or, you know, Ryan, you guys are like the royal family of strength and conditioning. So what is it, what is it like, uh, you know, having a spouse that is a strength coach? Because it, it, it's out there. It's not very common. And it's, it's tough to have be the one spouse that's a strength coach because just our lives are madness, but to have both, both of you guys as strength coach, what is, uh, you know, what is it like, you know, what is something that you can tell the listeners, like, look, it's okay to be a normal person, you know, and you can have a family, whatever that looks like for you. And you still could still be a really high level strength coach. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think, you know, I, I'm a true believer that everything happens for a reason. Um, and God's always looking out for you. And, you know, uh, sometimes you gotta just kind of put your ego aside and let him guide you and, you know, taking the position at play. I didn't realize that at first. And then I kind of gave into it. Um, and it got to a point where, you know, I had the opportunity to go remote and that's when I got to move out to Colorado. Um, and, you know, live with Ryan, um, at the time we were still dating, but I mean, I started off and started off in football. So I coached football for two years and I had four of other teams that I was a head strength coach for. So with regards to understanding what he did, it was very easy. Um, but I didn't fully understand what it was like to be the head of football strength coach. And so that was a little bit of a learning curve, but we, we legitimately like, he'll tell you the same story. Like we had a conversation, I think it was in July and it was right before play granted me um, remote access. Um, and we had, it. we literally said, if I can't move out there uh, before football season, we're going to have to put a relationship on, on hold uh, because that's just the reality that it being him being in season and not me not being able to be there, we were willing to make that sacrifice that early in our relationship, because again, that was the reality of it. And I fully understood like what that meant. And so luckily, um, I got remote access granted to me. And so I moved out there and, you know, I was even traveling, I was traveling almost every Tuesday through Thursday, every Tuesday through Friday. And I was flying around the country. Um, so I was super busy. And um, again, I go back to like the learning curve of understanding what each other did. And, you know, I was on social media all day, but I, that didn't necessarily mean that I could like take a phone call or like, you know, text all the time. Um, because my job was to like show these facilities and show my visit. And then, you know, the second the facility tour was done, I'm sitting in and I'm doing staff development and I'm like sitting in with an intern development, I'm having meetings with younger coaches and, you know, um, you know, I was there, but like, I was gone all the time, just as much as he was. And, you know, I always talk about, 
if you're in athletics, you need, you know, it's really hard to have a relationship or a successful relationship with someone else that's at least not in athletics, that's, or they're in education of some sort, or they're in the medical field, because all of those, you know, professions, uh, they're kind of, there's a parallel with like the hours and just the understanding of what it's like to constantly pour into other people. Um, and so, you know, again, me working for play and, you know, Ryan being a strength coach, it was really easy. And I was the edge of the inside to his programs as well at Colorado state. I never really went in for training sessions, but I got to go in and train with the staff almost every single day. So that was awesome. And then obviously since being at Maryland, uh, I kind of, you know, pre COVID he'd call me up on test days and he would call me up, um, you know, Hey, what does your Friday afternoon look like? And I'm like, actually, I'm kind of free. Like I have nothing, you know, I've answered all my emails, you know, I'm just waiting on people to get back to me. And he was like, Hey, you want to come up and you want to train and get a, you know, coach a little bit. I'm like, of course I'm not going to say no. And so I legit, you know, I was a volunteer coach. Um, and I would go out and like, when they're running the forties, like I would help them with their stance. I would, you know, fix their running mechanics. Uh, if I was in the weight room, Ryan would actually give me a rack of, you know, football players to myself. And then, there, you know, there was a Saturday where he wanted to do something different and he legitimately got up in front of the team and said, all right, guys, I promised you that I was going to get the best and best in front of you. Well, it just so happened that my fiance at the time, you know, her, her niche is speed work. And so she's going to put you through a session. And I legitimately put through, put the team through a speed session on a Saturday morning. So as much as I was away, I was very much on like, again, the edge of the inside, um, the whole time. So that was, uh, that was super cool. But again, it came, became an understanding. So when this opportunity came up, I mean, you know, it was, it was a, Hey, once I mentioned that I was interested, it was like a full court press. And so, but it was a mutual thing. And it really ended up being like, I really believe that like this position was made for me. Um, and being out on the pitch, like I like have had that feeling over and over again. Like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And I think that makes me even more excited and like jacked up about being part of this program. Now that, that's a it's a great story. And I, I'd like to hear it because coaches are people no matter how much we romanticize a certain person or look up to people it's you know we got lives you got a family and 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 we can't we are normal like we see the same stresses that all the other parents are seeing and and all the other uh coaches are seeing now what were you telling yourself when so georgetown came up and you're like it was definitely something but that's a huge jump. It's like a leap of faith. Cause you know, it's, it's, it's a lifestyle change. Like you said, you got, you got, you know, got your son. Now you got to take him to daycare. It's, and I, I, I know just how stressful that is like in and of itself, but you know, what was that? What was your thought process or how you went about it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically the position, um, there's feelers put out in the strength ignition community. And it just so happened that one of Ryan's assistants worked with one of the guys at Georgetown. And so, um, they got wind of, Hey, there's going to be a position, but it's not posted. If you got anyone good, let us know it's for women's soccer and then maybe a small team, um, in addition. And so, um, you know, then Ryan reached out to me and said, Hey, who do you got? And I legitimately, put in one of my really close colleagues name for this position. And I had not said her name to, um, the director at Georgetown, but I said, Hey, listen, I, 
you know, I have someone for you. And, uh, and then after I, I talked to Ryan about it, we kind of looked at each other and when we moved to Maryland, we, him and I both said there, there are enough universities in this area that if a coaching position comes up, it's gotta be like the perfect fit. Like it has to be fairly close to like wherever we're living. Like it has to, you know, have one or two teams max. Like I was being super, super particular. And I think that's something that you can do when you are a seasoned coach and you've been in it for like 10 plus years, like, you know, um, and I even said that, I even said that the other day at practice, I think, um, to one of my colleagues is that, you know, this is a, again, it's a very well-oiled machine. Um, but I don't know if I could be where I'm at in my profession now and be a part of a program that's like just building, like just starting off. Like, I think it, it would just present as a completely different opportunity. Um, and, but with that being said, uh, we had had that position. We had had that conversation about, you know, if there's a coaching position open, like it has to be absolutely perfect. And so as, and then we looked at each other and we're like, what are we dumb? Like, I gotta, I, I gotta like inquire a little bit more. Like I gotta see what this is all about. And so when I reached out, um, to the guys at Georgetown, uh, I started asking questions and I realized like, wait a second, like I started asking questions that actually I wanted to know, not so much my colleague wanted to know. And then she ended up saying, Hey, this is, this position isn't for me. Um, and I was like, okay, like, I don't have to do the hard thing. I don't got, I don't have to go up against one of my friends, you know? Um, and like make it even harder, but you know, I did what was right. I wanted to be, you know, like I wanted to do the right thing and, and be very honest with her. Um, and once she decided to pull out, uh, I just let her know, Hey, listen, like I'm actually going for this. Like, you know, it wasn't until after I reached out to you, but, um, yeah. So then, you know, I, I, it, it, it was a very long process. This, that first conversation happened in the end of May and the position wasn't posted until almost the first week of July. So it, but during that time, um, you know, seven and a half months home with my son, like I, mama needed her group back. Like I need to get back out. Like I need to get my swagger back. Like I needed to find coach V again. And, you know, as parents, you understand, and I'm going to say even more specifically as moms, like you lose your identity when you have kids and, you know, and it's, it's, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that at the time, but the faster you can find yourself again, I think the happier you're going to be and the better you're going to be able to serve your children. Um, and I was just at that point where I'm like, I need a lifestyle change because I'm losing myself too much. And it was really only me and my son at home. And it was, he was only seeing me and I know that he has to develop socially. And so Ryan was looking for a babysitter or a caregiver, um, in our hometown. And then I was looking for a daycare in DC in hopes that, okay, listen, we're going to exhaust all resources, whether I stay with player, whether I get this job. And it just so happened, it worked out that, you know, we found a great daycare. It's close to campus and my son's going to be able to do the commute in with me, but but um, I'm super excited because, you know, again, he gets to develop socially, like even last night, uh, you know, he has these new tendencies and it's like, oh my gosh, where did these come from? And it's like, of course they came from your friends at school, you know? And it's so great because he's like, it, again, it's exactly what it, he needed. And I think this is exactly what I needed. And I believe this is exactly what our family needed. Um, so that's kind of how, how it happened. Yeah. We'll be right back. Woodway is a company that has been designing and building treadmills and equipment for the long run since 1974. 
Each of their treadmills is designed with the revolutionary slat belt running surface, which is both lightweight and durable. It is specifically designed to absorb energy at the point of impact, eliminating harmful shock to joints and connective tissues. 100% of the NFL, NBA, and MLB teams and 60% of NHL teams utilize Woodway products to optimize their training. Woodway's curved treadmill was released in 2009 and boasts a completely self-powered manual training experience that does not require any electricity. This unique piece of equipment allows athletes to run at any pace they choose and burn up to 30% more calories than the regular treadmill. Other unique offerings from Woodway include the Curve Trainer, Curve XL, Forefront, and Pro Treadmills. Each treadmill offers features that are fit for every athlete. The silent and energy efficient product from Woodway has resulted in 50% electricity savings for owners. If you're looking for equipment that is built to last and will improve and provide each of your athletes an experience like no other, check out Woodway today at woodway.com. No, that's uh, that's awesome. And I think it's good to it's just the conversation you got to have with yourself and your significant other and everything going on. And I think it's it's great. I'm definitely I know uh, you could tell by your post and how many people gave you shout outs. It was definitely uh, it's going to be a, a popular move. I know. I know a lot of people um, was, in, was in contact with me and a lot of people reached out. And I just want to say thank you to our industry um, because the overwhelming support. Um, I mean, it was it, it's been insane. And uh, just I mean, and people coming out of the woodwork to congratulate me and be so excited for me. I mean, I want to just take a moment and say thank you to everybody out there that has followed me and has always believed in me. Um, I didn't realize that I had that much support. And it was just kind of like a really great thing and a great feeling to have before, like, you know, I started. Uh, come on now, coach. You're the people's champ. You know, everybody likes you <laughs> like our local celebrity. Um, so what advice would you give to women in our profession? I know it's, we're getting better. The profession's getting better. There's a lot of women taking leadership roles and a lot of women just in the profession, but it's still something we're working on. What's some advice you give to those coaches? Um, it's, I mean, it's always a sticky situation. Um, but usually when I'm, I'm speaking to the younger female coaches or the up and coming female coaches, uh, you got to kind of play the game at first without a doubt. You know, I think with women, uh, society looks at you differently. And so, you know, to each his own, some younger coaches, they love to wear, you know, spandex and have, you know, their nails did and their eyelashes and all that kind of stuff. And that's cool. That's you. I wholeheartedly support individuality, but if you're really trying to get taken seriously in this industry, you know, it's, you got to kind of look the part. And unfortunately that part is a man. And I'm not saying you got to wear men's clothes and they got to be baggy. You don't have to wear makeup and all that kind of stuff. I'm not saying that, but there's gotta be, they, they have to be able to look at you as a coach first and a woman second, um, especially in the beginning. Um, and then once you establish yourself and you've created a, you know, you created your reputation. Okay. Go ahead. And like, you know, be a little louder, 
you know, um, I mean, louder and with regards to like really showing your individuality. Um, you know, I, again, I, I had a really lucky start. I was on a football staff and I only had men's clothes ordered for me. And so in the beginning, that was a normal for me. That was a very normal where I wore shorts longer than mid thigh. I had men's shirts. I had big baggy sweatshirts. And still to this day, I remember my dad being like, come on, like, do you have to look like a dude every time you leave this house? And I'm like, what are you talking about dad? Like I'm wearing sweats to work. This is like the life, like I'm loving it. But, you know, I think it's like younger coaches, um, you know, you got to kind of, and I mean, it's for really for guys too. Like you got to kind of be a little reserved and be a little bit more of a retriever, um, you know, sit back, see how everything works. Like it's okay to be the last one to like chime in or ask questions, but it's really about observing and understand that atmosphere that you're in. Um, also for women in the field, uh, something, again, I was super lucky starting out is that my alma mater was my first job. So, um, I was a graduate assistant, but like I said, I was assistant football for my own teams and the head football coach knew me personally. He knew the type of athlete I was. He knew the way that I handled myself, um, the way that I respected my superiors. And so he had a lot of respect for me. So when I was coaching football and those guys try to double cross me, I could stand up and speak right through their eyes and basically be like, Oh, I'm sorry. Like, would you present yourself the same way if you were talking to the head coach, the head strength coach, whatever have you. And honestly, what it came down to is because I had undeniable support from the head football coach, from the head, the head football strength coach, from the the director of strength and conditioning, from the athletic director, like people knew the type of person I was. So when, if someone crossed me, I immediately demanded respect like any of those other people. And so I think as a female, when you're interviewing with other staff, just because it's a big time school and they got the logo, it doesn't mean it's the right fit for you. You have to ask those hard questions in the interview and you have to make sure that that place is a right fit for you. Not so much that place thinks that you're a right fit for them. And so it's asking those hard questions about like, firstly, I mean, the easy one is what's your staff dynamic, but then straight up saying like, Hey, if, a, if, a, if I get cat called by one of the athletes, if, you know, if an athlete's wrapping like derogatory words and they're kind of looking at me, like, how are you going to handle that situation when I get put in that position? You know, are you going to have my back? Has it happened before? You know, um, you know, is there a dress code? How do you handle things? What kind of, what kind of like apparel do you order? Because like, even when I was at Rutgers and I was coaching there, like one of my teams was gymnastics and like, I couldn't wear any of that gear, you know, it was spandex shirts, you know, and I had other, other female teams where they had V-neck shirts and, you know, um, like it just, it wasn't that professional if I was wearing the same things. Like, again, you, you need to establish yourself. So people see you as a coach first and a woman second. Um, and then, you know, and then again, once you establish yourself and you create a reputation, then go ahead and take that step, next step away from trying to fit the mold and start becoming, you know, yourself in that sense. Uh, no, that's, that's some great advice. And, so I, I had to get you on here because you definitely are uh, a lot of people, a lot of women look up to you and a lot of coaches in general just look up to you. And I think that's all some, some really good advice. Now, you know, if you could pick up the phone and call Marissa Davis from six years ago, what would you tell her? All right. Well, I got to do the math. Hmm. Um, 
I think six years ago I was coaching at Rutgers. Um, and you said what advice I would give myself. Mm -hmm. What would you tell her? Um, I would say, you know, let more things just roll off my back. Um, because there's going to be haters. There's going to be naysayers. There's going to be people that are going to constantly challenge like your personal beliefs and what you believe in. Um, you know, I think that would be one thing. I think the other thing would probably be, you know, keep on working hard. Like it's going to pay off, like keep on working hard. Like, um, I think, you know, one of my colleagues said, uh, when I got this position, he said, you know, you've been giving back to the industry for so many years and finally the industry's giving back to you. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like I never thought of it that way. And like, I still don't think I'm at that much of an advantage, but I do feel like, you know, I, all of what I've done up until this point has been worth it. Um, and stepping away from collegiate athletics for four and a half years. And now I'm in this position and like, I could not be happier, you know? And so, you know, I think, uh, you know, we all go through the grind season at the beginning of our career. And I think you need to like, keep that fire inside of you. Um, hold that with you. Remember the tough days, but know that you're not defined by the tough days. Um, you're not defined by your failures. Um, have gratitude. Failing forward is the best thing that you can do. Like if you fail, good, great. It means that you had a phenomenal lesson in life. Like learn from it and like catapult yourself forward with what you've learned. Um, and so, yeah, I think that was, I think some of those things. <laughs> no, that, that's awesome. And I, I do like that fail forward is, is the best thing you can do. It'll catapult you. I think that's awesome. So, so what's next for you? I know clearly you, got, you have a new job and all that excitement. So what's something that you're excited for in this coming up year? Um, yeah. So we are the type of family that if you know my husband and I, we are doing a million things at once, a thousand percent of the time. Um, and I like to refer to our lives as the all or nothing principle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and strength is not what that is. So basically right now, um, I started preseason officially on Monday. My husband started preseason today. We just moved into a brand new house and my son started daycare. And so (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of thumbs it up right there. Yeah. Yeah. uh, There's a lot of moving parts. Um, Our lives as a family has taken this major shift. So I think with regards to like what I'm excited for, I'm just really excited to see how it just all plays out because we are in just this like, we're like the Tasmanian devil right now. Like we're just spinning around like insane and like everything's up in the air. So I'm excited to see how things fall and settle in. And like, you know, we were able to have some of the, um, some of Brian's athletes out at the house last night and just to see the guys like just relax, like in our backyard, like super, super cool. I can't wait to get my team out there um, and just start, you know, hosting more, like we're the type of people who are like 10 toes down, you know, like wherever you are, like 10 toes down, enjoy the moment at hand and try not to get too caught up in what's to come. Um, and so, yeah, I think I'm just excited. I'm excited that, you know, my parents can watch me, you know, and my team now, you know, I know my dad's Jack, my mom's Jack, like everybody in my family is super Jack for me. So like, you know, it's, it's nice to kind of share that 
the spotlight a little bit with my husband because, you know, it's not just women football now, but it's Georgetown women's soccer as well. Um, and so just having two teams to root for in the family, I think, uh, is going to be super exciting and just having that support. Well, that's awesome. That's, uh, we're all excited for you for sure. Now, if, uh, anybody want to get a hold of you or find out what coach V is up to, what's the best way they can see what you tune into what you got going on or reach out. Um, honestly, uh, I mean, I'm on Instagram. Uh, I not, I am on Twitter, but it's more of like the automatic post to Twitter and Facebook. Uh, you can always DM me. I'm coach M Viola. Um, and, uh, I think once my info gets up on the Georgetown website, my work email is going to be there, but don't like, feel free to just DM me and I'll probably end up sending you my cell phone number. I just don't know everyone that's going to be listening right now. So I'm not going to give my cell phone number out just now. Um, <laughs> I do when, if you come and see me talk at a clinic or a conference, I usually do give my cell phone out, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, I'd say just DM me to start off and then, you know, very quickly it'll move to an email or even a text. So, uh, coach M Viola is where it's at. Um, and I've been a little, little silent, uh, only because I have to follow a marketing structure now. Um, I have to make sure the school posts before I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt. But, uh, Coach, thank you for uh, coming on. I've been wanting to get you on for a while, at least the the newer version. I know you uh, you're a very very sought after individual, and I'm very happy for you and like all the success you've had and your new spot. It sounds like it's like you said you deserve it. It's about time. This is something gave back to you from our profession. So good luck with everything. And thanks for sharing your story and, and a little bit about the thought process and what it takes to be coach B. Thank you so much, Isaiah. It's been a pleasure and um, congrats to you too with the new position. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll link up here in the future and, and good luck this season. All right. Thank you so much. All right. See it. This episode is brought to you by play. Play is a company that I've personally been working with from the start. Everyone at Play works to help strength coaches innovate and find solutions for our profession. From flooring, weight room equipment, outdoor spaces, and everything in between, Play will collaborate with you to find what you need. They work with everyone from professional teams to high schools, and they've always made me feel important and a part of the Play family. Refuse second best with Play. Find them at play.us and let them know Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 sent you. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences. Thank you to Play and Team Builder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.